Greetings to you in Jesus name. Welcome once again this morning to listen to God's word. It's a joy that we could connect online this way and I'm sure that you're ready and prepared to listen to the word of God and uh, be enriched and encouraged in your life and uh, to be spurred into action. So let's pray that God will speak to us today. Father, we come to you in Jesus name. We thank you for helping us to connect online, Lord, and continue to worship you even though we are unable to meet physically. Lord, we pray that your presence and your power will be present and be made manifest in every home right now. Father, we pray that the power of your word, Lord, will be unleashed and uh, we pray that, Lord, uh, amazing things will happen in our lives. We pray that we will experience a change, a transformation in our own lives and the way we live. Lord, we pray that you will speak to us, minister to us. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, uh, this is a good morning for us to come together to uh, meditate on the word of God. And I'm sure that you're ready. Would you pick up your Bible and let's read the word of God. And uh, if you want to take notes, uh, go ahead. That will be helpful to remember and uh, to apply it in our lives. For a brief meditation this morning, we turn in our Bibles uh, to the prophecy of Amos. Uh, you know, Amos um, was a man who lived in a time where, you know, he was, uh, you know, sent to reform the people of Israel and he was prophesying to the kings. And uh, he was not a prophet. He is not uh, uh, called by God like Jeremiah or Samuel from a young age to be a prophet to the nation. But he comes as a simple ordinary man, a shepherd uh, boy who was, um, uh, grow, uh, you know, leading sheep and uh, he was uh, into the farmlands and things like that um, in a place called Tekoa. And so you find uh, that Amos is a very interesting book uh, found uh, among the books of the prophets where he speaks about uh, spiritual truths. Uh, the message that uh, he brings is about the spiritual truths that people need to live by. And so that becomes very relevant to us this morning uh, to glean from the book of Amos about the spiritual truths that we also need to learn and live by. And so to title this morning's message, I would call it prayer or service. Um, you will understand a little more as we go along. Um, you know, but is it important to pray or is it important to serve? Uh, which is more important? What is God looking for? Uh, that's something that stands out very strongly uh, through the prophecy of Amos. And so we're going to look at several facets of uh, how the message comes across, uh, beginning from who wrote the book, to whom it was addressed, who were his immediate audience. And we're going to look at uh, the central theme of this uh, prophecy or the uh, collection of prophecies and what was a key challenge uh, that he places before the people and what God is challenging the people to do, what is God's expectation. Uh, we're going to look at all of these things uh, right now this morning and I'm sure that you are prepared and ready to uh, come along with me and let's go and uh, listen from the book of Amos. Uh, firstly, uh, we're going to read from chapter 7 and verses 14 and 15 to understand who Amos is. Amos chapter 7 and verses 14 and 15. But Amos replied, I am not a professional prophet. 
and I was never trained to be one. I am just a shepherd, and I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, Go and prophesy to my people in Israel. So clearly Amos says, I am not a professional prophet. I was neither trained to be one. I am not a son of a prophet. You know, I, I, this is not something that I, I have made for. I am just a shepherd. I just take care of uh, sycamore fig trees. But here God calls me suddenly out of, uh, you know, from uh, tending the flock and tells me to go and prophesy to my people Israel. He is a man who lived among the shepherds in Tekoa, a small town approximately about 10 miles away from Jerusalem. And he makes it very clear in his writings that he did not come from a family of prophets or did not consider himself to be a prophet as well. Rather, he was just an ordinary simple person, but God called him to speak. This is amazing as to how God uh, calls the most insignificant ones or the, the ones who don't uh, seem to be the rightly qualified ones. But God picks the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so that's how God uh, handpicks people. And so this is who Amos is. And to talk a little bit about to whom he spoke to. It says that you find that in the book of uh, Amos that he came from the southern kingdom, Judah. You know, Israel was divided as two kingdoms, uh, uh, southern kingdom Judah and the northern kingdom Israel. And uh, they, they, they parted ways and Amos uh, was from Judah, the southern kingdom, and he delivered this prophecy against the northern kingdom, Israel, and the surrounding nations. And that is one thing that led to a lot of resistance uh, because the people of Israel were proud and they were uh, you know, challenging uh, his message because he came from the southern kingdom, Judah. And so there was a lot of resistance because of that as well. You find that in Amos chapter 7 and verse number 12. Then Amaziah said to Amos, Get out, you steel, go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. This is what Amaziah, king of Israel says. Hey, you, you want to eat? You want to live? You want to do this business of prophesying? Go to your homeland. Why do you come here? Why was he saying that? Because what Amos was prophesying was not pleasant and pleasing to Amaziah. And so his message was rejected and he was uh, pushed back. He was experiencing a strong pushback there. And uh, this was, uh, uh, you know... Also during a time when Jeroboam, um, you know, uh, was reigning there uh, and uh, they had actually had a quite a profitable uh, time during his reign. And, um, you know, in the material sense, in the uh, uh, prosper, financial material prosperity, they were doing extremely well. And so for Israel, it felt like, hey, we are doing well. We are, there's nothing wrong with us. We are prospering. Uh, we are uh, well fed. Uh, we are doing good trade and everything. So uh, they were enjoying their lives. They, they, but yet on one side, there was a moral decay and people were uh, going away from God and there was injustice and unrighteousness and uh, and. and the moral decay in their life did not do any good, uh, even though they had material uh, prosperity and growth. And so that is a little bit about to whom it was addressed, the little bit of a background to the uh, times of Amos. And uh, the central theme that you find that strongly stands out here is about how God holds uh, people accountable for their ill treatment of others. This is something, a social injustice that is found in Israel. The poor, the needy uh, were oppressed and neglected and 
uh, they were trampled down upon and and god is repeatedly pointing out the failure of the people to fully embrace god's idea of justice in the courts in, uh, among the people in the way they way use their balance you know in the measure uh, you know their uh, uh, the, the the things that they buy and everything in their trading and everything they had a lot of injustice and so god is actually uh, repeatedly pointing out the failure of the people to uphold social justice and uh, uh where they were not embracing god's idea of justice uh they were selling off needy people for goods uh, uh they were uh, taking advantage of the helpless people they were oppressing the poor and uh, men uh, were using women immorally uh, for their own uh, pleasure and uh, they were drunk on their own economic success and uh, and with their intent on strengthening their financial position um the people lost the concept of caring for one another and amos rebukes them because he saw in that lifestyle an evidence that israel had forgotten god the way they treated one another was showing up as an evidence that they had actually forgotten god yet even though they were still worshiping god and offering sacrifices to god and so this is a central uh, theme that you find that comes through the prophecy of amos and i'm going to just quickly uh, quickly uh, read uh, a few verses from uh, amos that will help us to understand uh, what was going wrong with the people and let's uh, quickly go to amos chapter 2 and verses 6 to 8 this is what the lord says for three sins of israel even for four i will not relent they sell the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals they trample on the heads of the poor as on dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name they lie down beside every altar on garments taken in pledge in the house of their god they drink wine taken as fines so you find this is what god is saying the sins of israel and he says i will not relent i'm not going to give in and i'm not just going to leave them alone i'm going to deal with this that's what god is saying what were they doing they were selling the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals you know these are days that we find people doing the same kind of thing with bonded laborers uh you know uh, with the people who have been oppressed for generations uh because uh, they were loaned a small amount of money and for generations they have to repay and serve their slave masters which is happening even today in our nation and across the nations around the world uh where uh, uh you know people uh, you know the rich the high and the mighty begin to uh, love things and use people instead of uh, using things and loving people and that's what was happening uh, among the people of israel they trample on the heads of the poor and on the dust of the ground uh, as on the dust of the ground and deny justice to the oppressed father and son not only that they're just uh, doing injustice and oppressing the poor and uh, abusing the weak and the helpless but they're also you know in, involved in a horrible kind of uh, sexual immorality uh, and they are uh, profaning the name of the lord and they are doing all these kinds of things which god detests now uh, this is something that is coming through as a strong uh, uh, you know accusation against the people of israel for how they were living their lives and not only that we also go on to read in chapter 3 and verse number 
they do not know how to do right declares the lord who store up in their fortresses what they have plundered and looted they are amassing wealth for themselves uh, aren't we seeing this you know time uh, after time and again uh, we know we are seeing many many uh, raids that are happening uh, in the homes of politicians or uh, some very wealthy business people and you find that you know they are amassing wealth and uh, uh, you know the authorities are going and digging out stuff and arresting people and uh, some of them have fled the country also you know very um, you know smartly they exploited the poor here they did not pay their uh, uh, subordinates and those who worked for them and they ran away from the country and took away uh, all the money and invested it in foreign banks and in uh, outside the country that's exactly what was happening they storing up in their fortresses and what they have plundered and looted uh, uh, this is uh, something that god hates in chapter 4 and verse 1 also you find hear this word you cows of bashan and and mount samira you women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and say to your husbands bring us some more drinks it is not only the women the, the men the women are also like that the women are also oppressing the poor crushing the needy and saying to their husbands bring us some drinks oh this sounds so much like a western culture in today's western culture isn't it everybody is drinking everybody is indulging in all kinds of sinful practices in chapter 5 verses 11 to 12 also you levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their grain therefore though you have built stone mansions you will not live in them Though you have planted lush vineyards you will not drink their wine For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins they, there are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts So you find the exorbitant amount of taxation on the poor that's exactly what's happening in today's world also the middle class the working class uh those who have a hand to mouth existence are the ones who are who are in a place where they you know bulk of their incomes are going off into taxes and anything you touch anything you buy even if you go and buy a tea in a tea stall you know you pay tax for that that's the way it is everything is taxed even what you eat what you drink everything is taxed you know you pay through your nose uh it's 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 a burden something and this is something that was an injustice that was uh, meted out to the poor the needy people and uh, it was offense uh, and not only that they were oppressing the innocent taking bribes uh, and uh, depriving justice in the courts for the poor in chapter 8 also verses 4 to 6 hear this you who trample the needy and do away with the poor of the land saying when will the new moon be over that we may sell grain and the sabbath be ended that we may market wheat skimping on the measure boosting the price and cheating with dishonest scales mm. buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals selling even the sweepings with the wheat so as much as possible to the last grain that they can sell you know they want to sell and make the money out of it and they want to indulge and they want to exploit others and this is a situation that you find in today's world also people have become very selfish people have become very self motivated people have become very very uh, uh, you know narrow minded with their own needs with their own uh, you know uh, success and their own incomes and they they want to make sure that they get what they want they want to they 
even if somebody else loses the job even if somebody else you know falls whose life falls apart even if somebody else is struggling or in pain or in lack or in need they will not bother about it as long as i i get what i want as long as i have what i need you know as long as i earn my reputation as long as i keep my position safe you know i don't care about how uh, you'd fare or what happens to you or the other person around them you know as long as they have it that's the kind of attitude that's the kind of mind mentality that's exactly how they were living this is a key central thing that is uh, spoken by prophet amos and this is something that god is speaking to the people of israel where god is saying to his people and he's holding them accountable for the ill treatment uh, of others it repeatedly points out to the failure of the people to fully embrace god's idea of justice that is what god is bringing up here and then we go on to the next uh, as we looked at the central theme now next thing we're going to look at the key challenge so out of this what is god challenging them it's simply this uh, you find it in uh, amos chapter 5 verses 21 to 24 but before we read that let me explain a little bit rather than seeking out opportunities to do justice love mercy and to walk humbly before god and they embrace arrogance uh, idolatry self indulgence self righteousness and materialism you know what materialism does the mindset to grab the mindset to have more the mindset to have everything the mindset to have what others have always having a sense of greed materialism this is an excessive financial prosperity that they were experiencing at that time and and we in our times are also many of us are experiencing that a great amount of financial prosperity but if it's not balanced with generosity it can lead to self reliance insensitiveness to the poor and the needy and injustices in our transactions as well if our excessive uh, uh, you know a blessing or a material prosperity if it's not balanced with generosity it will lead to self-reliance insensitiveness to the poor and the needy and injustices in all our transactions and that's the key challenge that god is placing before the people of israel that they have become very materialistic they have become very self-oriented they have become very much indulgent in the work of their hands and god has blessed them and so they think that oh god has blessed us god is with us and so everything is going fine it is not necessary that just because we have financial prosperity and material overflowing blessing it does not mean that god is pleased with all our actions are you hearing me this morning this is what was happening they were saying god is with us they were offering sacrifices there are some other verses we're going to read right now which will talk about how they were still worshiping god they were playing music they were singing to god they were offering the sacrifices they were worshiping god it is not that they hated god it is not that they walked away from god it is not that they renounced god it is not that they said that uh, you know god jehovah is not their god no they did not walk out of god they still held on to god and they were materially very prosperous during the time of jeroboam 2 uh, in the kingdom of israel but what materialism did for them is that love of money and excessive financial prosperity because it was not balanced with generosity and uh, because it was not balanced with sensitivity to the poor and the needy and because it was uh, not balanced with justice to uh, in all their transactions it led them to a place where they dishonored god and god was challenging them 
And that's the challenge for us also today. And that was a challenge for the people back then. Shall we read Amos chapter 5 and verses 21 to 24? I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to oh, me. Oh, so you see that verse 21. God is saying, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. So they were gathering, they were worshipping. But God is saying, I hate that. I despise the gathering because the, the people's lives, their motives, their heart was set on God's blessings alone and not on God and not on God's heart. Because it was set on materialism alone, it was set on financial prosperity and material things. So God is saying that. Let's go on to read verse 22 onwards. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. Hallelujah. Verse 24. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. The problem was not that they did not pray. It was not that they did not worship. It was not that they did not sing the songs. It was not that they did not play music to God. It was not that they did not worship God. They were singing the songs. They were playing music. They were worshiping God. They were offering the sacrifices, but yet God is saying, I hate, I detest all of this. But he goes on to say in verse 24, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. And so his prophecy, Amos' prophecy actually concludes with only a brief glimpse of restoration, unlike other prophetic books. And even that is directed to Judah rather than the northern kingdom of Israel. Usually you'll find the, in the prophetic books there will be at least a good chunk of material about how God will restore them, how God will rebuild them, how God will you know, bless them once again. But here it is a very brief glimpse of restoration that God is promising and even that is directed to Judah and not to the northern kingdom of Israel. This is the condition, this is the challenge that the people, you know, were faced with. And God was challenging them. And I think that God is also speaking to us this morning as to how we can become very insensitive to the poor and the needy. We can become very self-oriented and very materialistic. We can be fully consumed with our work from morning till night. We can become very consumed with our needs. We can be fully consumed with what we want to buy next, with the model that we want to get next, with the updated version that we want to get next. Today's world is all about what is the next thing what is the future thing what is the updated thing what is the latest thing that's what everybody is talking about whether it's a technology that you use whether it's a device that you use whether it's uh, uh, you know with, with the, uh, what brings value and worth to you very often these material things begin to bring a lot of value and worth to us because we glorify them or we uh, we we appreciate them so much more than loving people and God is saying here no here is some place where you have become so self-oriented, materialistic and looking at your own financial prosperity and imagining that God has blessed you so much and just, uh, you know, with that you become very self-focused and as a result of that, even in your transactions, that has become 
that has become very unjust. And so this injustice is spread all over the nation, even in the courts. And the rich and the mighty are indulging in all kinds of sinful activities because of their financial prosperity. Comes with financial prosperity a great deal of temptation to fall. A great deal of temptation to fall. And that's why we need to be watchful. And here we're going to look at uh, God's expectation. God's expectation. This is what God says. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23 and verses 23 and 24. Matthew 23, 23 and 24. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices. Mint, dill and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but, small, but, but swallow a camel. <laughs> what a powerful teaching Jesus is saying. He's saying, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices. Mint, in, mint, dill and cumin, all of these small, small, small spices, they're making sure that that tenth is set apart. That everybody brings that one tenth and gives us a tithe. You're very strong in those spiritual things, uh, spiritual disciplines, which is good. But he goes on to say, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, that is justice, mercy and faithfulness, without neglecting the former. So here you find among the people of Israel, they did worship God, they did pray, they did have uh, all their singing and their music and their gatherings and their sacrifices and all of that. So there was prayer, there was worship, there was all the spiritual activities. But on the other side, when it came to how they dealt with one another, they were found wanting. That was something that God was not pleased with them. That was something which displeased God. And because of that, you find God is challenging them. God is questioning them. And, and that brings about a question about whether they have actually captured the heart of God, whether they actually are living a life that pleases God. And you find Jesus is also picking on the same kind of an idea because the Pharisees, the teachers of the law were steeped in all the religious practices and their duties and they were enforcing that very well on the people because whatever they were getting you know they were you know it was benefiting them but when it came to love and justice and mercy and faithfulness they lacked and so God is saying you know it's it's not just about you doing the religious spiritual activities and being faithful to them alone, that's important. But it's also important that you care about the poor. It's also important as to how you deal in your transactions. That you're not exploiting the weak and the helpless. That you're not trampling down on the poor. And you're not exploiting the women and the, you know, the weak and the helpless. And so God is saying that you should have kept the latter and the former without neglecting the former. God is not against tithing. God is not against the spiritual disciplines. God is not against the prayer and the worship. But it's not just that alone. You do that and somehow people think that my good spiritual disciplines, if I can outweigh my bad deeds or my injustice or my uh, lovelessness or, or my cheating in my business, Somehow, if I pray more, if I give offerings more, all of this, uh, you know, things will not count anymore and this will outweigh that and so it will get compensated somehow. No, God is 
saying, no, you, you got it wrong. No, that's not how he looks at it. He looks at our whole lives. He wants us to pray. He wants us to worship. He wants us to gather together. He wants us to be disciplined in that. He wants us to be devoted in that. That's important. But at the same time, not neglecting love, justice, and faithfulness. And the way we treat one another should be as one that reflects the nature of God. That's God's expectation. And so the two things that stand out very clearly in the prophecy of Amos that God wants his people to do. Two things he says. He says, I'm going to bring punishment upon you. I'm going to bring punishment on the nations for the way you're treating one another. But God is saying, firstly, to seek him. Number one, this is God's expectation to seek God. Read Amos chapter 5 verses 4 to 6. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go, do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Bathsheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live. Or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them. And Bethel will have no one to quench it. So what is God saying is, seek me and live. If, hey, if you want to live, if you want to survive, if we want to exist in this world, do not seek Bethel, do not go to Gilgal, do not go to Beersheba. Why is he talking about this Bethel, Gilgal, Beersheba? What is the significance of these places? They were once places associated with great privilege and spiritual heritage. But now they are places of vanity, it's vain and empty worship in these places. So God is saying, don't think that, you know, if you can do some great spiritual expressions of worship or something like that, that will somehow compensate for your lack of justice and love and the way you treat one another, for the way you fail in those areas. This just going to some places of worship is not going to compensate this. Just watching some TV programs is not going to compensate this. Just watching some prophecies of uh, some prophets uh, on television is not just going to compensate this. How you live your life matters. And so he says, seek God, seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel, do not go to Gilgal, do not journey to Beersheba. Don't think that some other spiritual pilgrimages and, and uh, spiritual heritages that you claim to have connections with. This is not going to do good for the lack that you have. He says, seek the Lord and live or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them and Bethel will have no one to quench it. These were places associated with great worship and and spiritual heritage. Bethel was a place where God met Jacob. Gilgal was a place where Israel's spiritual reproach was rolled away in the time of Joshua. Beersheba was connected to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob as the places where they met God. So just going up to these places or saying I have connections into these things, some spiritual activities, some spiritual connections, some spiritual good disciplines, just because you do them, you don't necessarily qualify or that is not just going to take you or make you to glide through God is saying seek me turn to me God is saying you know you need to repent you need to change your heart you need to change course you need to come to me in a true authentic relationship with me you know because the there was no true relationship they were doing a form there was a form of godliness there was a form of religiosity but yet in their life in their heart the mind was fully set on material things. The mind was fully set on what they need to achieve. Their mind was fully set on success. 
sometimes uh, you know uh, parents get very worried and anxious when their children uh, you know are very spiritual and they want to go into ministry i've i've come across sometimes people you know become very tense and nervous uh, and saying oh you if he goes too much uh, you know into spiritual activities uh, he might go off into ministry they worried and very anxious why because they want somehow you know their children to earn a lot of money and they are in their heart they do worship god they are sincere to god but in their heart the material things have taken a good hold of them and the way they want their children to grow up to be you know as great engineers doctors and with lot of money and wealth uh, uh, because the people around them should uh, see them and see that oh these children are doing great and they want them to be at high positions in competition with other children and so to allow them to go into ministry would become very they would become very nervous and it would be unnerving for them and they would do anything to stop that and they would not want them to get too much involved in church or not get allow them to get too much involved in ministry because oh what if you know my son or my daughter becomes too excited about ministry and goes off into a bible college or something like that the heart is on materialism the mind is on material things Are you with me this morning? This is how we can be captivated. We can be consumed. We could be so excited and about success and about uh, uh, you know what the world defines success to be and about material things. But God is saying, get your heart out of those things. Seek me and live. Just don't have this empty form and where your heart and intentions are somewhere else. Secondly God is God's expectation is about seeking good not seek God alone but seek also to do good and not evil Amos chapter 5 verses 12 to 15 Amos chapter 5 verses 12 to 15 For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins there are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts Therefore the prudent keep quiet in such times Therefore the prudent keep quiet in such times you know the injustice that is happening you know the hearts of the people are into materialism you know the hearts of the people are very different there is so much of a lack of love for god and authentic relationships with one another and caring for each other there's a lack of these things and the prudent is seeing all of this and the one who is wise the one who is careful to follow the lord the one who is careful to you know love one another and the one who is careful to do justice in their transactions and the one who is faithful you know in how they treat one another such people are prudent the prudent keep quiet in such times they are not in going to get involved in activism and go fight against the government they are not going to get involved in activism and go fight against people but they they keep quiet during these times for the times are evil yes we go on to read seek good not evil that you may live then the lord god almighty will be with you just as you say he is hate evil love good maintain justice in the courts perhaps the lord god almighty will have mercy on the remnant of joseph amen hallelujah perhaps perhaps 
Hate evil, look, look, love good, maintain justice in the court, seek good, not evil, that you may live. And the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. You've been saying God is with us, God is with us, but fully engaged in materialism, fully engaged in material prosperity, my work, my job, my income, my salary, my future, my success, my career, my what I want to build, my kingdom, fully consumed with yourself, not caring about others not involved in the lives of other people not caring for the poor and 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 doing everything to be successful god is saying no 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 seek good not evil that you may live then the lord god almighty will truly be with you as you say so they've been saying god is with us god is with us just because we say god is with us does not necessarily mean that god will be with us god sees and expects us to do good and to not be consumed with materialism and and just financial prosperity and not just be focusing on money if you money 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 if you're running after money all the time if you have the love of money that is a root of all evil the bible says money is needed for existential needs money is needed for the kingdom of god to be built money is needed for day to day activities but money is not to be taking the place of god money is not to be ruling and reigning over us and money is not to be the dictating factor of our decisions money is not to be the dictating factor of how we work and how we do things and what we prioritize if i get something i will give my attention to it if i don't get something i will not give my attention i will not focus on it no that's not the right kind of mind that we need to have hate evil love good maintain justice in the courts perhaps perhaps as it says in verse number 15 perhaps the lord god almighty will have mercy on the remnant of joseph let's quickly go on to john uh, 1 john chapter 4 1 john chapter 4 in verse 20 1 john this is what john the apostle says whoever claims to love god yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love god whom they have not seen if you do not love a fellow brother or sister who has not whom you see how can you love god the one you don't see that's the challenge which john the apostle gives us if you do not love and its love is not just uh, uh, in verbs well, love is not just in feelings love is an action word love is something that involves commitment or responsibility and you can never love without giving and never give without loving love involves giving you give time you give attention you give efforts you give energy just a little while ago before i started this uh, you know i had a call from a dear brother who was so heartbroken because he was stuck in another country and his family was stuck here and for 5 months he could not come home he had gone out on ministry to another country and here there was nobody to care for his family he said i have a lot of friends who are in the ministry i have a lot of believers people of god i know and nobody cared nobody called my wife nobody called and and inquired they did not have to give money or anything they, they there was no need for them to extend financial support but they nobody even cared nobody even called nobody even inquired how is your family doing how are they doing what's going on is there something that they would need nobody cared he was heartbroken he was actually uh, you know pouring his heart out to me just a few minutes back he said you know we we call ourselves brothers and sisters but when there is somebody in need we we don't even you know 
call we don't even inquire we don't even extend a word of encouragement we don't even you know ask if they're doing all right is there something that they have a need is there something we should be praying about we don't care about some others we don't care about our neighbor and that is exactly what john the apostle is also you know challenging he says uh, you how can you love if you do not love your neighbor a brother a sister whom you have seen and how can you love god whom you have not seen so if we truly love god we will truly love our neighbor and the love of god will be reflected in the way we care for the poor and the needy the way we care for the oppressed the way our heart breaks when we see poor we 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 our heart breaks when we see injustice in the courts of the law when our heart breaks in the in in, in godly righteousness and 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 in anger we we respond and say you know this should not happen this is not right when we stand up when we speak up that is something that god is looking for from among us i'm not talking about activism i'm not going talking about going and protesting on the road i'm not that that's not the way we respond you know to such things we respond in prayer we respond in physical help we respond in extending uh, love through in action can we take care of a few people when we can we take care of people who are in need can we call and inquire they might have financial uh, you know uh, good uh, incomes and good capacity but probably they need love probably they need help probably they need encouragement probably they need just a word of counsel probably they just need a listening ear and and this brother who called me he said you know i'm not asking you to do anything i'm just pouring out my heart i just want somebody to listen to the way i felt and he's come from uh, you know five months of being in another country and then after arriving he was put in a hotel here on quarantine for a week and then finally came made it home just a few days back caring for one another taking the time and the energy to reach out to somebody calling up someone having thinking about somebody else do do such thoughts go into our mind do people go into our mind that's something brother sister that god is expecting from us if we truly are children of god if we truly are the body of christ if we truly are believers on the lord jesus that is something that has to be there very much part of our lives because the first and the greatest command is love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and the second goes along with that love your neighbor as yourself love your neighbor as yourself and that's what the people of israel lacked seeking god and seeking good over evil and when we say good it is about justice and love and extending grace and extending help to those who are poor needy and so i'm going to close right now in closing i want us to just think through you know is it prayer or service which is more important sometimes we can get so dogmatic about you know prayer and worship and such things and and say this is the most important thing everything else doesn't matter oh ministry or any other activities or serving the poor or needy or giving all that is you know praying fasting worship spending time with god that's the most important thing prayer over everything else or some others would say no 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 all this prayer whatever you do it doesn't it counts for nothing only serving you know doing social work that is the most important thing if you don't do that you know all your spirituality is rubbish 
and completely they would dismiss prayer and worship and gathering of God's people and the idea of church and everything. They would say, oh, church is dead. Church is not doing anything. Church is useless. And they would just completely shoot down, you know, all spiritual activities and say only doing social work is more important. But you know, spiritual truths can never be placed one over the other. Spiritual truths can never be placed one over the other. They will all need to go together hand in hand. That is what God is bringing about here. That is what God is bringing about here. Both worship, prayer, sacrifices, he's saying that's important. But if you don't have justice, if you're not caring for the poor, in your transactions, if you're unjust, if you're insensitive to the poor and the needy, to the needs of the people, and if you are fully caught up into materialism and self-oriented, self-indulging lifestyle, you're missing out on something. And God is drawing our attention to both. Spiritual truths can never be placed one over the other. They will all need to go hand in hand. And that is God's expectation. So we looked at many things this morning. We looked at who wrote the book, Amos, to whom it was addressed, the northern kingdom Israel, and Amos was from Judah, the southern kingdom. We looked at the central theme which is where God is talking about how there is lack of justice and love for one another. And the key challenge is materialism that came in between, which they have to deal with. And finally, fifthly, we looked at God's expectation. But God is expecting for them to seek him truly, sincerely, and have a personal relationship with him. And also seek good over evil. That is something that we need to understand. If we do so, God is well able to bless us. God will be pleased with us. And in that context, God is closing there. Through the prophecy of Amos in chapter 9, verses 11 to 14, we read, this is the closing words of Amos. In that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and, and will rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the The days the Lord. are coming, declares the Lord. What does he say? When the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. When the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. And the planter by the one treading grapes. The planter will overtake the, by the, be overtaken by the one treading the grapes. Yeah. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. And I will bring my people, Israel, back from Israel. Hallelujah. From Amen. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. Hallelujah. When we, when we fulfill God's expectation of seeking him, when we, expect, when we fulfill God's expectation of doing what is good, of not being caught up in materialism and our own work, our own profession, our own career and be consumed with that, but seek for people who are in need. Seek for those whom we can help. Seek for those to whom we can minister to. Barnabas came as a son of encouragement to Saul and endorsed his uh, ministry and his life and his conversion in the presence of the apostles in Jerusalem. And that was a launching pad for Paul to go into a global mission. So it could be a, a way you could just serve as an encourager. 
a, a person who could come alongside and bring encouragement a person who can affirm somebody's calling gifting and encourage people and launch people into something into their purpose into their destiny it's something it's about not about you it's about god and his mission and his people when you live such a life god is saying i will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and they will rebuild as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of edom and all the nations that bear my name declares the lord who will do these things the days are coming the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading the grapes new wine it will be so fast the cycle of harvest and sowing will be so fast by the time you you finish harvesting the the one who is planting has already come new wine will drip from the mountains god will bless with greater prosperity with greater blessing greater blessing greater prosperity and he says i will bring the people back out of the exile whatever seemed to be locking you up whatever seemed to bring you know pain and suffering in your life god will deliver you from all of that and he will bring you to a place where he will you will be you know blessed abundantly where you they will plant vineyards and drink their wine they will make their gardens and eat their fruit you will be well satisfied and fed and nourished by god himself hallelujah and so brother sister this morning This is a good morning for you and I to check our own lives and see are we in alignment to scriptures are we in alignment to scriptural teachings and to the heart of God hallelujah and so it's not one over the other but it's both and both prayer and worship and sacrifice to God and coming together and praying together and seeking the face of the Lord and serving the poor the needy and and extending justice and being sensitive to people who are in need and encouraging and building up lives and it's about serving others that's what god is expecting of us and so can we commit ourselves this morning to that purpose of god to that teaching and when we do that god will rebuild our lives god will bless us god will prosper us and not only that god will give us everything that we need more than what we need hallelujah Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Would you close your eyes with me and let's look to God in prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus name. Lord, we praise you and thank you for helping us to come together and study your word. And Lord, you've spoken to us from the prophecy of Amos. And thank you Lord for the message this loud and clear into our hearts and our lives. Father, we pray that you would provide everybody with all their needs and help us to walk in alignment to your word. We pray that you would prosper your people and Lord bless them and use them. be a blessing to others to the poor the needy the voiceless the helpless and lord we pray that you take them and use them in a powerful way let your name be glorified in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen